Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Gary Rowe. Gary is a multiple award-winning author, speaker, and grief specialist. He's a compassionate and trusted voice in grief recovery who has been bringing comfort, hope, encouragement, and healing to hurting, wounded hearts for more than 30 years. Gary is the author of more than a dozen books, including the award-winning bestsellers Shattered, Surviving the Loss of a Child, Comfort for Grieving Hearts, Heartbroken, Healing from the Loss of a Spouse, and Teen Grief, Caring for the Grieving Teenage Heart. Gary has been featured on Dr. Laura, Wellness.com, BeliefNet, CBN, The Daily Positive, Thrive Global, and other major media and has well over 700 grief-related articles in print. He is a popular keynote, conference, and seminar speaker at a wide variety of venues. A former college minister, missionary in Japan, entrepreneur in Hawaii, and pastor in Texas and Washington, Gary now serves as a writer, speaker, chaplain, and grief counselor with Hospice Brazos Valley in Central Texas. Gary loves being a husband and father. He has seven adopted children, including three daughters from Colombia. He enjoys hockey, corny jokes, good puns, and colorful Hawaiian shirts. Gary and his wife Jen and family live in Texas. Hi, Gary, and welcome back. For those of you who may not recall, Gary was one of our very first guests on our podcast when we launched last November, and we're really excited to have him back. He's been very, very busy in that time, and he's even released a new book, which I am sure he's going to tell us about later. But for today, we are going to talk about three key ways to process grief. We've already established that grief is different for everyone. And it could indeed last for the rest of your life in some way, shape, or form. And for each person, grief is as unique as your fingerprint. So with all that, any help we grievers can get about processing grief is going to be very welcome. So Gary, it's your turn. (laughs) Hi, Kathy. Hello, Steph. I'm glad to be back. Thank you for having me and taking the risk of having me on again, because I never know <laughs> what's what's going to come out of my mouth. But all your reminders about grief, Kathy, oh my goodness, they're just spot on. You know, our grief process really is as unique as our fingerprint, because right. every person is unique in all of human history, even if we're a twin. And every relationship we've got is unique in all of human history. So uh, no one can really fully say, I know how you feel, right? That's just impossible. Right. Well. Three key ways to process grief. If you're listening today, please don't hear me saying if you're one of those, you know, more black and white folks or all or nothing folks, um, etc. Please know that these are not the only three ways to process grief. There are many, many, many ways to do that. But before I share these three things, let me just share a little bit about Um, how I see what I call the grief reservoir, because then all of this will make, I think, even more 
sense as to the three things that I'm going to share with you. I, I think we all have, again, this is an illustration. All illustrations have their limit. They're not perfect. So we all have a grief reservoir inside us. And our grief reservoir, think about it this way. It's always raining. Well, it's always, uh, there's precipitation all the time falling on our grief reservoir. We experience things on a daily basis. Some of the messages that we get from the world, even the news, you know, there's a lot of grief out there. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of, so, you know, sometimes it just mists on our reservoir. Sometimes uh, it sprinkles a little bit on our reservoir. Sometimes it's drizzling. Sometimes it's raining. Sometimes it's a thunderstorm. Sometimes it's a flash flood. And all of those things, depending on the day, really, and, and what happens. So what happens with reservoirs is that most of them have a built-in system to keep a certain level of water in the reservoir, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't want that reservoir to overflow because when it does, instead of giving life, it ends up damaging things. And so we put in things like dams with spillways and things like that. And when the reservoir gets to a certain level, we want to make sure our spillways are open so that uh, our grief can flow out in healthy ways, if that makes sense. Grief, grief will always be expressed one way or another. If we don't express it outwardly and proactively, it will express itself in other ways that just kind of leak out of us, sometimes in ways we don't even understand and in sometimes in ways that we regret later. So having said all that, these three ways are ways to keep the spillways of your grief reservoir open. Uh, three proactive ways to express grief. Because as you do that, what happens is it releases the pressure in your reservoir and enables over time your grief to be at, I hate to even say the word manageable, but a, in a, a manageable level so that you feel like you can still function and do the things you need to do and yet live in a healthy way, grieve in a healthy way, etc. So having said all that, I love little acronyms, you know, they help me remember things. I'm a little slow and my memory isn't what it used to be, so <laughs> I have to have these things. This one I call TWA. Uh, this this is not Af Transworld Airlines, even though I grew up with that. So it rings a bit. That's the first yes, thing I see? <laughs> So it rings a bell, and so that that helps me. Uh, I could have called it what or twa <laughs> or uh, maybe tau or something. But anyway, TWA, and it's really in this order for me. Although the order doesn't really matter that much. Uh, T stands for talk. Talk it out. Okay. Literally, talk it out. We have to see the grief reservoirs being within us. The grief is within us. Um, it doesn't come from the outside, really. I don't think uh, we get inflow or messages or we smell aromas or something that triggers grief, but the grief is in here. And when it right. gets triggered, then it comes out in some way. And so talking it out can be a huge release. You don't need anybody present to do this, believe it or not. You know, I'm one of those people that walks around talking to myself because, Me yes, <laughs> but, and, and because I actually learned to do that as a grief processing skill. You know, as a hospice chaplain, I'm in the car a lot. 
And so I've gotten into the habit of I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything else. I use that as processing time, prayer time, and talking out loud time. There is something about forming words and hearing our own voice say them that really helps us get it out. The other thing that it does is that our brains move much faster than our mouths or our hands or the rest of us. And so our minds tend to be spinning all the time. And unless we deliberately slow our minds down to form the thoughts and actually get them out, just picture this, Mm -hmm. they just keep spinning. They just keep spinning around in us. But there's something almost miraculous. (laughs) It's, It's just amazing that when we talk it out and get it out, somehow that particular thought circling in our mind has a little less hold on us. And over time, if it comes up again, we just speak it out loud again. That's huge. Of course, you don't have to talk out loud just to yourself. Talk out loud to other people. Uh, Talk out loud. This is where animals can really come in handy. I was just going to say, I used to talk to dogs. Yes. You know, (laughs) and, and it's simple things like, I am feeling sad. I'm feeling sad because I'm thinking about, you know, whatever it is that's coming to mind, forming words and getting it out. So the T stands for talk, talk it out. The W stands for write, as in W-R-I-T-E. I wonder yes. about that. <laughs> write it out. So this is just the same as talking, but it's just writing. You know, it's just getting it out. Another bonus to writing is we write slower than we talk. So it helps us get out even more. We actually see the words on the paper. Uh, Our our bodies are involved in writing it out. Uh, The more aspects of us that are involved in getting it out, I believe the more we actually get it out, if that makes sense. And again, with this, it's very important You're not writing a coherent story. You're not writing a book. You're not editing as you write. You are just writing to get out what's inside you, to get out what's happening inside at the moment, whatever that is. So writing it out. You can write it out in a journal. You can write it out on a scrap piece of paper. You can write it out on a napkin. You can write it out in a story. You can write it out in a poem, although that's a little different, but you know that You're getting into a different process there, but still so, so, so valuable. So talking it out, writing it out, A, art it out, as in A-R-T, art it out. Doodling, believe it or not, doodling. If you just say, you know, I'm not an artist, but I can doodle. We can all doodle. So I'm just going to doodle what's inside me right now and see what happens with that. You know, or I'm going to attempt to draw a little bit about what's happening inside me. Some people paint it out. Some people can sculpt it out. Some people can craft it out. Art is a big category, right? It even includes woodworking. And, and for guys who may be listening, you know, we tend to grieve. We tend to be what I call project grievers sometimes, which will hold it inside and then we'll do a project, we'll build something or we'll right. tear something up, you know, or, or we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll pull something apart. We'll, you know, weeding can be a really good way to process grief, especially if you're talking while you're doing it. But anyway, right. um, arting it out. So 
three ways, if you kind of picture three spillways in your grief reservoir dam, and they're there and they're available to you, you try to keep them open. And when you especially feel something that's uncomfortable, or you have a grief burst, or the grief is on, on you suddenly, or you're just really sad today or anxious or whatever, if you just TWA it. Uh, for most people, of course, talking is the easiest, but not for everybody. And I really recommend, you know, if you can do all three, for most people, arting it out is the last kind of thing because talking and writing seems so much easier. But even if you're writing, if you just say, I'm just going to doodle for a minute, I, I think it can be really, really, really powerful. Now, the point of all this is we keep thinking we need answers, right? In grief, I think. We've got so many questions. We, we think we need answers. There are some answers maybe we do need. I'll grant that. Right. But so much of this is really about getting out what's inside us and just keep getting it out because that's what we call processing. And as we process it, it's amazing how many of our questions evaporate over time. Not, not that they weren't important questions, but it's just they're not on our front burner anymore. Or we come to the obvious conclusion, it doesn't matter what the answer is, no answer is going to be emotionally satisfying to me right. because I love someone and I miss them and I always will. Right. Right. Yeah. I would expect that talking and writing to me also would be the two easiest talking because you can do it immediately. You don't have to stop and grab paper or a pen or your laptop or anything else. You can simply talk. And writing for me has always been very cathartic. Mm -hmm. And even though I may try to do a fictitious piece, short story or whatever, I always wind up throwing in those words from my heart because they're there all the time. Yes. So I like this concept of putting your feelings into words and then helping those words leave your body, so to speak, whether it's by, by voice or in writing. I expect that maybe for you, as it certainly is with me, art would be the last one on the list because I don't really consider myself artistic that much. <laughs> but I'm sure there are people out there that could probably write a poem. Look at all the singers that do rap, improv mm -hmm. rap. And they have this knack at getting stuff out there. Now that I say that, I wish I could rap. What a great release for grief. What a, that, that might go viral, movie. Mom. That, 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 <laughs> might, that, that might go, go viral. viral. Might go viral. No, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> when you think about it, because there's so much emotion in those words and everything. Yes. You know, if we, if we yeah. look at most of the famous poetry out there, most of it actually is grief related in some shape, form or fashion. And if we yes. look at songwriting, even right. Yes. Most, yes. I mean, just in general, oh, most yes. of our songs are grief related in some shape, form or fashion. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah we, we're, we're trying to get it out, aren't we? We're really yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. My, my very favorite poem of all time is by Robert Frost and it's the road not taken. And that certainly is a poem about grief. Um, in the last two lines, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. 
it really sums up my life, really. And it's always meant so, so much to me. And I know there's that standard stereotypical joke out there about country music. Mm-hmm. You know, you lost your pickup, you lost your wife, lost your dog, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, but I had never thought about music in that respect or poems in that respect. But you're absolutely right. And those are the ones that I think are the most heartfelt the ones that so many people relate to the most because it evokes that feeling in them that they've not yet been able to put into words. Yes. I think you're so right. I think you're so, you know, I've, I, uh, after I, okay, let's see, you know, I'm on, I'm on my sixth and seventh teenager now. And, (laughs) you know, one of the things I, I questioned early on, is like, wow, you know, Everything we listen to music-wise seems to be uh, angry or depressing or, you know. And then I thought back, wait a minute. Yep. (laughs) You know, and and then I realized, oh, well, of course. You know, we're processing so much as teens. We're trying to figure out who we are. We're angsty, you know, about things. and. You know, all those things describe us, too, after a loss. You know, we're, we're angsty. We're trying to figure out who we are. We're living in a new world now that looks the same, except for one big, missing, huge, massive yeah. Yeah. piece, person. And um, so no wonder. No wonder. I think so. The, the art, I, th- I feel like while talking... I don't know that I would talk to anyone else right away. It would probably be to myself more to help. <laughs> but for art, though, how about those adult coloring books? <laughs> those are very relaxing, I have to say, yeah. because I have them and I've done it. So it is very relaxing. And then if you're angry, there's the ones, the, the adult coloring books that have the swear words. <laughs> but so there's a swear word, but it looks pretty. Leave <laughs> it to you to find those. Oh my goodness. You know I have it, mom. You know I have it. <laughs> I, but that's that's right where because I'm not yeah I would doodle I'm not very artistic I'm crafty so I would do my crafts but the coloring book that's where I went because those mandalas and all the different colors yeah. and it's you oh, know yeah, it I kind like of it is stress relieving it calms me there you go no? there, there you go <laughs> and, and even uh, you know while we're doing that talking out loud about what we're thinking is is right. easier because coloring even it's creative but it's mechanical and yeah and another thing with regard to well you can't write while you do this this would be talking probably is exercise exercise no matter what we do for exercise it's a repetitive activity and and repetitive activities tend to put our brains on autopilot and Mm -hmm. so i tell people all the time you know if you're grieving I just try not sticking in earbuds right now when you're exercising or listening to podcasts or listening to music. Give your brain a chance to go on autopilot. And it can also be a great way. I mean, you wouldn't be talking out loud because that would be, for me, it would be, well, right now I'm thinking about, (laughs) you know, that, that would work very well. But, but you can still, it's amazing what you can work through um, yeah, when true. you're exercising true. if if you allow yourself to just deal with what whatever is there at the moment. Right. 
or even if you have a a mother, because oh, I called her earlier today and had to talk something there you out. Go. I mean, I think I think I kind of knew the answer, but I had to talk it out loud, and then you know, anyway. That's right. That's but, right. Absolutely. And I forgot what else I was going to say after. Oh, just having a safe person that you know, yeah, that you can call and just maybe say, "I just need you to listen to me. Just I don't need any right. help. I just need you to listen. I just need someone right. to listen to me." So, well, we do that all the time. We say, yeah. "I just need to vent." You right. Know, and, and we we allow that. But then I have several friends that will do that as well, although they seem to vent more to me than I to them. Hmm. <laughs> Here's my four thousand oh, dollar question. When we talk about talking, writing, art, getting those words, actually putting words to our feelings and getting them out of our body. Do you think that's one reason why? Young kids play so many video games. Mm -hmm. Is that their way of getting some of those emotions and feelings? Is that their spillway, maybe? I I think it, of course, we could debate all day long how healthy is that spillway, you know, and and depends on what we're blah, blah, blah. But but yes, I I think, um, you know, the two teens I still have at home are both gamers you know, a son and a daughter. And um, it's really quite funny because I say funny. They both got headphones on. They both got microphones. They're in rooms next to each other. And they're playing together. Well, no, they're not. (laughs) They're playing with people all around the world, right? Yeah. Um, In their two rooms, but they're talking out loud. They can't hear themselves. So they're talking a little louder than they should. So, you know, I can, we can be in the kitchen, Jen and I can be in the kitchen or we can be in the living room and we know exactly what's going on on our kids' end of the conversation. (laughs) And I I can tell you, there's just a lot of, oh, yeah, oh, ah, and oh my gosh, you know, oh my goodness. And um, there's definitely a release of a lot of emotion there. Yeah. A lot of emotion. And I think that's that part, I think, is very, very positive. The thing that concerns me, that would concern any parent, I think, is that, you know, when we're grieving and just in life, what we expose ourselves to in terms of inflow will impact our hearts. We can't stop it. We're not unaffected by what we see and hear. We're profoundly affected by it. And some things, you know, when we walk out of our house, we have no control over that, right? What we're going to Mm -hmm. see or hear, anything could happen, anything. But on a screen, except for stuff that's intrusive that suddenly comes in or whatever, um, (laughs) what we deliberately choose to expose ourselves to, boy, we as adults Mm -hmm. need to be careful about that because we can't unsee or unhear something and it does have an impact on us. And especially when we're yeah. grieving and we're already vulnerable to anxiety, fear, depression, right. uh, guilt, right. um, sadness, etc. There's just so much exposure to certain things that is helpful. You know, yeah. does this yeah. help me is, is really a yeah. big question for us to answer to kind of manage our inflow. Right. 
and and just right now, you know, my my wife and I, you know, we're in the midst of a lot of change personally and transitions, et cetera. Uh, our kids are transitioning, one graduating from college, one graduating from high school, one one entering high school, blah, blah, blah. And so we have discovered that I can only look at news headlines very briefly once a day for about a minute, and that's it. Jen can't yeah. go there at all. And we, yeah. we've determined yeah. that this is just a season, but for right now, mm-hmm. this is kind of what we need to do to right. stay solid, stable, and fairly right. healthy. And that's always a moving right. target in grief. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Inflows so try to control your, in, well, try to control as much of your environment as you can. Right. Because that's, that's important. Well, There's so much you can't yes, control. Yes. So focus on right. what you do have a lot of influence over. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So talking, writing, and art. Simple thoughts, simple ideas. They work. I know they work because I've done them. Mm-hmm. I've done them. Well, maybe not the art so much, although crafts I've done or put a jigsaw puzzle there or two together, maybe that looks pretty when it's done. But um, th- those are great concepts. And I think you're right. Those are key ways that you can process your grief and get it out there because by getting it out there, you prevent that overwhelming overflow of emotions when you just break when you just whether it's some people say you know I had a breakdown whatever but I I can remember a day or two in my life where I didn't Mm -hmm. somehow for whatever Mm -hmm. reason get any emotions out and it eventually eventually built to a level that I physically was not able to do Mm -hmm. anything right yeah, no. you hold you hold it in, trying to just yeah. carry on, or you stay busy so you won't think well, about it, and yeah. it just it's gonna explode eventually. Exactly. It was back when I was working at the nursing home, mm-hmm. and my mother was a patient in that same nursing home, and I was going from chairing meetings and projects to to the fourth floor when the nurses would call because my mother was having some delusions mm-hmm. or hallucinations. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to help calm her down. And it just was, it was like both worlds collided Mm -hmm. and there was just, you know, just, it just didn't work. So those are great ideas. I want to shift gears for a moment though. I want to hear about your new book. (laughs) Well, um, the new book is called Widowed Walk. Um, The subtitle is Experiencing God uh, After the Loss of a Spouse. Okay. I write basically two kinds of books what I call Mm -hmm. just mainstream grief books, which means Mm -hmm. they're mainstream. They should be able to relate to just about anyone. And some of those are generic to any loss. And some of them are very specific Mm -hmm. for the loss of a spouse, for the loss of a child, suicide loss, et cetera. And then I now have two books out that are are just distinctively for those who uh, identify with the Christian faith. Um, If you don't identify with the Christian faith, you're probably not going to get much out of this book. Um, or, or at least there's a lot of things that you would go, oh, well, okay, I don't quite understand that. But but I, I realized that, you know, one of the things that I think we're all tasked with, especially as writers and authors, is serving the audience that comes to us well. And so I began to decipher through some surveys, et cetera, that a overwhelming majority of my readers um, identify with the Christian faith. 
And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, I'm not really doing anything specifically targeted right. at that. So the two books, one is called Grief Walk, Experiencing God After the Loss of a Loved One, which is a generic book for any loss. Right. This one is targeted, I say targeted, it's for bereaved spouses, you know, mm -hmm. widows, widowers. It's a grief devotional is what it is. Oh, okay. So each chapter's there's 155 readings. Uh, each chapter begins with a grieving heart expressing itself, missing their spouse. And, and mm -hmm. just particularly one issue every day that they're encountering that's a struggle issue mm -hmm. for them. And then okay. the next part is kind of, well, it would be me, I guess, conversing with the grieving heart and uh, blending in some Christian concepts and then each chapter ends with a scripture verse, uh, a verse from the Bible that's related to that topic of that reading and a short prayer that the grieving heart can pray. It's, a ver it's very simple. Each, quote, chapter or reading is one to two pages. So uh, it's one of those books where when we're grieving, we don't need long. You know, we don't need drawn out. We don't need, we need simple, practical, straightforward, easy to read. So those are the things I've attempted to do in this book. I, I, uh, I'm going to gift one of those books. I have someone in my network who very recently mm. lost her husband to COVID oh. just before his 40th oh. birthday. And she's really, really struggling, really struggling. So I'm going, I'm going to order one of those and oh, give goodness. it to her. I think it might help. Goodness. As will this podcast, mm. I think. Well, Somehow, Gary, when we chat with you, the time just flies by. And and here we are, pretty much out of time. Do you have another book on the horizon, maybe? Uh, yes. And I don't know how you're writing all these books with all those teenagers in and out of your house. <laughs> you know, I could I could tell you how that's happening, but that would take a little while. But anyway, um, yeah. This has to do with one of the exciting transitions we're in the midst of right now. But anyway, okay. that's for another time. Um, there is a new book coming out. It's going to probably be coming out in late May or early June. It is called The Grief Guidebook. Okay. This book is based on the most common questions I get asked about grief. Mm -hmm. And um, there are, I, I boiled it down to 70 questions. And so there are 70 wow. chapters in the book. Uh, each one begins with a question. Each one begins with a, a grieving heart speaking about that question and why that question is so frustrating. And then me attempting to answer that question. Uh, if there is an answer, there sometimes there's not, but there are other things to think about connected to that. Right. Um, and then each chapter ends with, Practical tips or suggestions that you can try that are related to this question, what, whatever that is. So the subtitle of the book, and it's the grief guidebook, the subtitle is Common Questions, Compassionate Answers, Practical Suggestions. Nice. It's designed to be very comprehensive. I mean, it covers mm -hmm. a lot. With those 70 questions, it covers a lot of the grief process, no matter what your loss is even though all our losses are as unique as a fingerprint and our grief is too, right. there are similar things we experience and patterns that we all right. tend to experience. So hopefully it was designed to kind of be your 
grief guidebook, your your grief dictionary yeah, yeah. kind of as 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 a right, reference man. manual. Yeah. And it's yeah. not a book that you have to read one to seventy in the chapters. Right. You look at the table of contents and you can say, Oh, yeah, I asked this question yesterday. And you you can mm-hmm. just go each each chapter is standalone, if that makes right. sense. That sounds great. You know, with all these creative ideas, I really think you should do a desk calendar. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I do. I do. Wouldn't that be nice to have it on your desk if you're grieving? And each morning, just be able to look and get a little, a little bit, bit of, of something. support for the day. I, I think you should take that idea and run with it. <laughs> right after this, Kathy, I promise, I'll write it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we wrap up? And sign oh, I would say if you're listening today, please just do your best to accept yourself where you are as you are. This is hard stuff. And please know you know, be kind to yourself because uh, you're, you're really not crazy, even though you think you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're not alone, even though you'll feel alone a lot. And you will get through this. Uh, just please don't try to go it alone. And I know you won't because you're listening to this podcast. So I'm preaching to the choir about that. But just <laughs> be patient with yourself, please. Yes. Well, thanks again so much, Gary, for coming back. And I just know at some point in the future, you're going to hear from Stephanie or I again and say, hey, have you got another podcast in you? Um, because I just love talking oh, to you. Well, like thank you. you. Um, Likewise. Comforting, soothing, and inspirational well. as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here to all our listeners out there. And when I say all our listeners, I mean around the world, literally, because we have listeners on every continent except the two Arctic ones. And and I don't know, maybe they don't have cell signals up there. I'm not sure. Or if um, if you guys know anybody on those continents, then share. <laughs> yeah, tell them. Get with it. We'd like to make it universal. Because we watch all our stats and we get giddy about it. So, you know. <laughs> we do. We get really yeah. silly about it. Yeah. Um, but we are growing organically. And we thank our listeners for doing that and for sharing with their friends and their own network. So until next week, take care of yourself. Be kind, accept yourself, as Gary says, as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.